Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is the Steel Curtain Network's Dave Schofield coming at you Thursday morning, rolling through the offseason, first week of OTAs, phase three of the offseason. We've got three weeks of OTAs going on. Then the Steelers are scheduled for mandatory minicamp, mandatory meaning players have to show up. And it seems like the Steelers have had pretty good participation so far with their OTAs. It's hard to say if they'll do the mandatory minicamp this year. Last year they canceled it. They claimed they got everything in and everyone was there. T.J. Watt was not there the first day, was there the second day. It's just sometimes one of those things. I'm sure people knew what was going on. And there's really nothing to worry about in that regard. But here we are rolling through the offseason. Now, some people are like, Dave, we're going to say the same thing you that we said to Jeff. It's football in shorts. You're right. It is football in shorts. And yes, there's not a lot of you can do. Wait, yes, there's not a lot. That's kind of weird. No, there's not much. I don't know. We don't want to double negative that either. There's not a lot you can take away from it, but there's also things that you can. But to me, football in shorts is just something that you have to get through in order to get to football and pads. I mean, think about it. You can't get to training camp until they get through OTAs and minicamp. Yes, there's that big time in between of about six weeks. But it's a process. It's a process. And so you can be excited that it's happening. To me, I'm more excited that it's here because it's the next step to the next better thing. That's me. That's the way I look at it. So that's OTAs. Uh, the Steelers also, you know, they they added another player to their roster this week. This happened on Wednesday that they added another outside linebacker, uh, Marcus Golden. So that's just some interesting stuff there that the Steelers, they're, they're not done. Uh, I'm also going to give a little bit of a salary cap update at the end of the episode. We're going to save that to the second half. Because there's not everything's known right now, but I'll kind of give you an update of, of what we do know. Because it simply is what I can do, is just talk about what we do know. Oh, with that, let's dive into the topic for this week. And honestly, I'm kind of a little bit disappointed. I didn't put it out there this week on Twitter that I was looking for questions. I'm basically out of questions. I'm basically out of questions. I had one person ask me something in an email that wasn't, something to really talk about in an entire show. But I, I said, yeah, I can tackle that topic uh, a little bit, which I'll, which I'll look at in, in the second half. But I didn't have anything to really drive the show. So I'm, I'm calling out my nerds of steel. I'm calling you out right now. I need questions. I need questions. I'll try to remember to actually put it out there that I need to maybe on, you know, put it out on Twitter like I did before, see if I can get anything else going um, in order to try to bring you the best stuff that I can, the stuff that you want to hear. So I'm, I'm just asking for it now. STLR superfandad at gmail.com. That's my email at STLR superfandad. That is my Twitter account. You can hit me up either of those spots throw out your stats questions and I will do everything I can to see if it's possible to answer them because sometimes they just doesn't happen. But this is what I'm doing this week. I got to thinking about something and sometimes when things come to an end, you don't necessarily think about uh, where, where they start. Like when the Steelers, they, they had their legendary um, 
sack streak of consecutive games with a sack that was broken in 2021. And you, sometimes it, it, it goes away and you don't think about it. The Steelers had another streak that was broken this past year that they had a chance to be the NFL leader in this streak. And they didn't make it because they didn't make it in 2022. And that is consecutive seasons with 50-plus sacks. The Steelers had an opportunity to take the lead by themselves, didn't do that. So what we're going to do is, is let's let's look at what the Steelers did, but then let's also look at they actually have another pretty impressive streak going on right now that I'm going to compare uh, to some other stuff just, just to see where that falls because it – these, this is all about sacks. These sacks are pretty interesting the way it goes. So the Steelers had five straight years of 50 or more sacks. That went from 2017 through 2021. They were tied with three other franchises that had five consecutive seasons of 50 or more sacks. And ironically, I've talked about this before, so this is a little bit of a review. Ironically, all three of them are from the NFC, and all three of them were from the same five-year span. That's correct. It's what I call the golden age of sacks in the NFL. Yes, I'm the one who just made that up right now while I'm recording. That's the golden age of sacks in the NFL, and you're going to see that even more when we get in, in when we expand this a little bit. But from 1983 through 1987, there were three teams that that had 50-plus sacks in a season. Those three teams were the Chicago Bears. Probably doesn't surprise you because of their, their dominant defenses in the 80s. The Dallas Cowboys. And the Washington, at the time, Redskins, now Commanders. So Washington. Washington, Dallas, Chicago. From 1983 to 1987, all had 50-plus sacks in a season. So that's pretty interesting. The Steelers, so that means the Steelers are the first ones to that, that did that in 30 years. Think about that. Think about that. They were the first ones to have that streak, and their streak started 30 years after the previous ones ended. That's that. That's pretty interesting. Now you could say, well, no, now they have a whole extra game to do that. That is true. You can't deny that. But the Steelers in four out of these five seasons didn't have the extra game. They didn't have the extra game. Now, when you're talking about what we're getting to, um, when we're looking at some of these that are active streaks, yeah, they have a better chance of going on because of the extra game. And, and you, you just simply can't deny that. But first, I have to say kudos to the Pittsburgh Steelers, only AFC team with five consecutive seasons of 50 or more sacks. All this is, is courtesy of pro football reference. I went through and looked at and just you know did the filter, 50 sacks in a season. They, they didn't allow me to do streaks of seasons. They only did them of games. So I had to go through and count these up myself. I, hopefully, I didn't miss any, but this was the data according to pro football reference. But the Steelers... That wasn't it because their streak, that streak ended. But another one continued that isn't that far off, and that is streaks of 40 or more sacks in a season. The Steelers did get to 40 sacks last year 
barely. They got to 40 the final week of the season. Now, as we know, the sack totals were very low when one Trent Jordan Watt was out due to injury. Alex Highsmith, he led the team in sacks 14 and a half. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm fairly certain that's the number that sticks out my brain. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But most of those sacks came when T.J. Watt was there, was there, because teams were focusing more on Highsmith. It just it worked better when T.J. Watt was there. They just got more sacks as a team. But the Steelers did get to 40. So then I started asking myself, this was the question, you know, you all didn't come up with a question for me. I asked the question. With six straight seasons that the Steelers now have of 40 or more sacks, where does that lie in the NFL? Where does that lie in NFL history? So that's what we're going to look into. And honestly, there's I found 14, 14 different instances where a team had six or more seasons of 40 or more sacks each year. So you're like, well, that doesn't sound that impressive. But just wait, because there's going to be a little bit of impressiveness in there. So uh, the first thing I'm, I'm going to say is that the teams that were sitting there with from, from 83 to 87 that had the, the, the 50 streaks, yeah, they also had the streaks go six years into 88. And I forgot to say this at the time. All these streaks of those other three and of these other ones, they start in 83 because you know what happened? People didn't get there in 1982. They didn't get there in 1982 because that was the strike year. They only played nine games, nine games. Now you're like, well, well, Dave, wasn't there another strike year? Yeah, that was, I'm pretty sure that was, what, 87? Um, yes, it was 1987, but they only missed one game. They only missed one game um, from that season. So there was a, a 15 uh, game season. Now, before we get started, I will tell you none of these streaks started before 1983 that had six seasons or more. And you're like, well, isn't that when they started doing sacks? That's when they started doing individual sacks. They were keeping track of sacks as a team before that. But going back to I, I want to point out one team to I really want to give kudos to with, with some of their sack streaks because they happened beforehand. And that's impressive when there was only 14 games, when there was only 14 games. And, and that franchise is the Rams. I'm going to say Los Angeles Rams because during this time, I'm pretty sure that's where they were the whole time. But they had a, they, they had quite a streak going on of 40 more sacks back before there was 16 games. They had five seasons in a row with 40 or more sacks from 1966 to 1970. Then they did it again from 1972 to 1976. Then they had four seasons of 40 or more sacks from 1978 to 1981, up until that strike season. Now you're saying, okay, that, that's pretty impressive. But if you look at that, from 1966 through 1981, through 81, you know, obviously not 82. The problem was strike season. Yeah, they only had 18 sacks and nine games. Uh, but if you look at that, you're talking about from 66 through 81. What is that, 17 years? So Something like that, 16 years? I, I'd have to really go in and I'm, I'm trying to do quick math in my head when I'm also looking up other things. They only had two years in there where they didn't hit 40. Like they started in 66. 
listen to these, 66, okay, 45, I'm going to start, 66 had 45, 67, 1967 had, had 43, then they had 51 and 68, 50 and 69, 53 and 70, and in 71 is where they went just below, they had 37, so that one killed a streak. Then they started another streak of five, 42, 45, 44, 43, 45. Then 1977, they had 36. That killed a streak. Then they went 47, 52, 56, 43. So if you look at that, they had that whole span there, that whole span of 16 years where they just had two seasons in there that they didn't get the 40 that broke it up a little bit more. Just wanted to give some kudos to the to the Rams franchise back in the day for really getting after the quarterback in that way. So just thought I'd throw it out there. They do not show up on the list otherwise where they ever hit six seasons in a row. But I thought that they kind of deserve some notoriety. Now let's look back on this. There are several teams. There's actually five, really six, because one of them I'm going to save. But there were six, six different franchises. I'm going to say five, five different teams that had 40 or more sacks, and the years were 83 to 88, 83 to 88. Those five teams were Chicago, Dallas, and, uh, well, we'll get to Washington because we already said Chicago and Dallas. I'm not doing Washington now because, spoiler, theirs went longer than six, okay? But, but Chicago and Dallas, we already knew. The Cincinnati Bengals were also on that list from 83 to 88. The New York Giants and the – Oakland, Los Angeles, Vegas, whoever city they were playing at the time, Raiders. They were all 83 to 88, six seasons. I just want to point that out because them happening at the same time. But they're, they're in all – I'm trying to look it up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There were There are 11 times where a team – had had a streak of six, 11. I'm going to look at specifically nine of them. I mentioned five. I said the Raiders, the Giants, the Cowboys, the, the Bengals, and the Bears from 83 to 88. There was, a, there was two other teams that, that did it over the same five years, but they were more recent. Both Denver and Minnesota had six-year streaks from 2011 to 2016. So that's Denver and Minnesota. Detroit got in on this. They were a little bit late from the earlier ones. They were from 85 to 90 that they had six. Okay, then another six. How about the Pittsburgh Steelers from 93 to 98? Those are the streaks that have ended, that they made it to six. There's actually two more that are active. We'll get to them at the end. But there's another team in there. That had that had seven. They had seven, and that was the New Orleans Saints from 1995 to 2001. They went seven seasons where they had 40 sacks or more each season. But the NFL record, it's a two-way tie, is of nine. One of them is Washington from 1983 to 1991, and the other one is the Philadelphia Eagles from 84 to 92. So those two streaks overlapped very close to each other. Washington started a year before Philadelphia. Philadelphia lasted another year beyond that. Now, 
Philadelphia is another one of those that they just missed out. Because in 1993, they had 36 sacks. Then they went on in 94. Um, they, they did four more seasons from 94 to 98, a 40 or more sacks. A 42, 48, 40, and 43, and 42. So sorry, five more seasons. I miscounted there. Five more seasons. So if they wouldn't have had that 36 in the middle there, my goodness, they would have had 15 straight years. Uh, 40 or more sacks, but they didn't. The whole point is you can't have a year in there that, that you don't make it. So they are tied with Washington with nine. But there are two active streaks in the NFL right now of teams that have that are at six straight years. So from 2017 through 2022, that they've had 40 or more sacks. You You know, our beloved Pittsburgh Steelers are one of them. And it's the second time that they've got the six. And the other team that is current also has gotten there before. I wonder who that is. What team would have over the last six seasons had 40 or more sacks? You're probably thinking, oh, maybe it's the Rams. No, I already said the Rams are on this list because the Rams didn't do it last year. Rams didn't get it last year. They would have, they were, they were at five. They were at five. All, all three of these teams were at five going in to last year, but only two of them kept going. The other one that kept going is the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints. So Pittsburgh, New Orleans, they've got a chance to move into a tie for second in this streak. And the and the tie would be with the with the New Orleans Saints from 95 to 2001. And then if they could keep that going, maybe they can get up there to what Washington and Philadelphia did uh, back in the in the 80s to the early 90s, where they got nine. So there's only two teams, two sorry, two franchises that that had that have had that happen twice, and it was the and two of them are the ones that are current. So I just thought, you know, active streaks. I just thought that was something interesting to look at because sometimes we're like, oh, they 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 stopped their streak of of 50 sacks in a season, but they did continue the streak of 40 sacks, which is significant. So I just I, I thought the Steelers defense deserve the credit that they still got there um, just because I thought it was interesting. Now, there's one other tidbit of information I'm going to say before we take this break. And that tidbit of information goes back to 50 sacks in a season. I looked at the AFC North. I looked at the AFC North. How many times has a team who's currently in the AFC North throughout their franchise, have they had 50 or more sacks this season. Now, remember, Baltimore hasn't been around. I'm only counting them from when they showed up back in Baltimore as the Ravens. I'm not giving them credit when they were in Cleveland. I'm not giving them credit when the Colts were in Baltimore. Not doing it. But I will tell you, they've only done it once since they've come back in the NFL. That was in 2006. 50 sacks in a season for the Cleveland Browns? Once. 1954. It's been a while. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals, once, 2012. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 12. And I'm not even going to bother to list all those years. Instead, we're going to take our break. When we come back, we're going to look at young wide receivers, and we are also going to take a look at the, the salary cap update that I told you would be coming. So stick around. We'll be right back.
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, thanks for sticking with us for those messages. Whoo, yeah, hopefully, um, no offense, Ho- hope you heard a bunch of them, because you know what, that kind of helps us out here as part of Fans First Sports Network. Um, sorry that you have to listen to ads, but if we're going to get paid to podcast, that's the only way to do it. Uh, sometimes there's ads, sometimes there's not, but uh, hopefully you made it through and you are still with me. I got an email. When did I get this email? May 20th, whatever day May 20th was. I'm I'm not even sure. This comes from Nathan Smith. We've heard from him before. And he sent an email because it was a graphic, and I saw it on Twitter as well. It was from PFF. It was their top 10 wide receivers under 25. And the list went as follows. Number one was Justin Jefferson. Number two was Jamar Chase. Number three was C.D. Lamb. Number four was Jalen Waddell. Five, T. Higgins. Six, Devonta Smith. Seven, Amon Ra St. Brown. Eight is Garrett Wilson. Nine, Drake London. And 10, Chris Olave. This is what Nathan said to me. He's like, prove that Pickens should be on this list, please. Okay? I feel like he got completely screwed, but maybe I'm wrong. Now, I already answered Nate in a, in a private email, but I, I like this topic enough. It wasn't enough to just talk about a whole show, but I wanted to at least bring it up and give my answer. I'm actually fine with this list. Now, I'm assuming all these players are under 25. It says it had to be under 25 in week one to qualify. That's what it was. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, not arguing that. CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, Amon Ross St. Brown, I really think that he's stepped up and is doing a lot um, in the NFL. I'm not going to argue those. I'm going to say all those who were outside of their rookie contract – or not rookie contract, rookie season, I'm not going to argue with those. But the last three, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Chris Olave, those were all rookies. So you're like, should George Pickens be there? This is where I have to take off my black and gold goggles glasses, whatever you want to say, and put on my statistical analysis goggles because I don't want to just take my Steelers bias. I can't talk about what I think George Pickens will be this year. Let's look at the numbers. I don't think they got him in the right order, in all honesty. Garrett Wilson, I understand that. He had had, uh, 1,103 yards receiving last year. In 17 games, um, 83 receptions for those four touchdowns. I'll tell you, Wilson had four touchdowns. Olave had four touchdowns. London had four touchdowns. Pickens had four touchdowns. There was someone who had seven. That was Christian Watson. But he, So he's another one that could be in, in the discussion here. So other than that, I, I think it falls off. Um, um Dotson from Washington. He also had seven touchdowns, but he was he did not have um, nearly the yardage of everybody else. So I'm okay with it being Garrett Wilson. I mean, 1,100 yards as a rookie. He won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I, it's not like Pickens should be ahead of him. But Chris Olave, he only played in 15 games, and he had 1,042 yards. You could argue that he could be ahead of Wilson if it wasn't for missing those two games. I mean, think about it. He was only 61 yards behind him. All he had to do was have 31 yards per game in those other two games, and he would have been ahead by a yard. So I understand those two. So that's why I don't understand why Olave's 10 and Drake London was 9, because there was a significant fall-off in yardage from those top two receivers down to London. 
it went from you know one eleven hundred three, one thousand forty two. Drake London had eight hundred sixty six receiving yards, and as I said before, four touchdowns. He did it on the same number of receptions as Alave, so he just didn't have nearly the yards per reception. It, it was what it was. And then George Pickens was fourth on the list when you look at, at rookie wide receivers last year. He was with 801 yards. He appeared in 17 games. His was on the fewest receptions out of those top four. Fewest receptions. That was 52. He had the best yards per reception of 15.4. But not, you know, his yards per game was under 50. But just because of... You know, rookie season, Steelers were running the ball more, rookie quarterback, all those things. So to me, based on what they've done so far, I'm all right with George Pickens being the first one off this list. There was then another fall off from Pickens down to Watson with yardage. Went from 801 down to 611. So I'm okay with George Pickens being that guy that's right there on the doorstep to just to knock off any of those other uh, other guys. And next year he'll be on the list uh, because – other people will be older, but he's right there. And you could say, well, you know, maybe a little bit more with Kenny Pickett, you know, maybe you could actually utilize him more, things of that nature. Absolutely. But maybe you could have said that about the other guys. It's not like I sat and watched Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson every week or Drake London. I was watching George Pickens. So I'm fine with him not being on this list. I see it based on the numbers, but he's right there. He had to be the next guy. He had to be the next guy, in my opinion. So I wanted to answer that. To, to finish up here, I, I want to give a salary cap update because, oh, my goodness, I had been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for some certain numbers to come through that hadn't come through. And I was pretty disappointed that the numbers hadn't come through for me to be able to give an accurate update. So I decided, hey, I'm going to go with the numbers I got because there were a lot of of players that were added since my last salary cap update on behindthesteelcurtain.com. Yes, that website still exists. I, I did my cap update article. It was when, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday morning. If you go to the website, just look. There's a picture of Mitch Trubisky, not in the helmet. He's like sitting on a bench because he was one of the one of the things that I added. But I have to say that how this came about with with this is. I don't. I gave an estimate for Mitch Trubisky. I gave an estimate when I actually did a full article on estimating it, but I my number was slightly off because I gave Trubisky an extra year of service that he didn't have of what his minimum salary had to be because in my mind I was thinking he played five years in Chicago because he was a first round draft pick, but they didn't do his fifth year option. He only played four, so I was off by one year with 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 what his base salary should be. So that tweaked it barely because instead of him that of being um what was it like one point was it one point one six versus one point oh eight um of what the base salary is that's a million dollars uh so that got spread out a little bit more so it was really what I did before was pretty close but I'm going with it being that everything that that the eight million dollars that's been reported that he would have made this year that he's not making any more this year that's all that's what's guaranteed and he's getting a league minimum and the rest was a was a signing bonus and it's going to be spread out over the other two years of the contract I don't know how the other two years are broken up still don't have numbers on those I'm just trying to figure out his number for now so I went ahead and went with that as an as an estimated 
as an estimated savings that the Steelers would have. But my goodness, since the, my previous salary cap report, the last one I'd done was after the signing of four draft picks. And the only one that affected it was Darnell Washington. I'm pretty sure I had the Steelers. It was like $8.04 million is what it was. Then what happened is you've had several players that didn't affect the salary cap when the, when the Steelers added them or released them, like Alfonso Graham, not in the top 51. Manny Jones. Uh, there are two players that they haven't reported their salary yet in Hakeem Butler and Luke Barku, but they're not expected to land in the top 51 because right now to land in the top 51, you, you have to have a salary cap hit of at least $940,000. If you got right at $940,000, that still wouldn't change the salary cap because the, the place, displacement would be zero. Because um, remember, the amount that it affects the cap is when – is, is how much more your salary was, that player's salary was, than the player that they pushed out of the top 51. So obviously if they're at 940, they're not really pushing anyone out uh, that's of a different value. If it was $941,000, then it would cost an extra $1,000 on the salary cap is how that works. So it's the difference in, between the two. So, so those guys, they're not expected to land in the top 51. Dylan Cook, not in the top 51. Toby... And Duque, I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right this time, not in the top 51. The Steelers released Master Teague, not in the top 51. So that didn't save them anything. Didn't save them anything. So let's look at since the last time I I, I updated the salary cap, which was right after or right after rookie minicamp when those guys signed. What changed? Well, the only negatives that the Steelers have that have been reported is they put Reynolds Randall into reserve. And according to over the cap, Rental Wren is going to count for the Steelers this year of $475,000. You're like, wow, that's pretty cheap. Because the way it's set up with a lot of these players is they have what's called a split salary, which means their whole salary won't be paid to them if they're injured. But he'll make that amount. That'll count on the the salary cap. But for some reason, uh, over the cap listed it but they didn't actually include it in their calculations, which I thought was curious. Uh, spot rack did, or however you, you know, is if it's spot, tr- spa track, there's only one T, I don't know. Spo track. It's not sport. Um, I, I've used to say that because I thought there was an R in there and there's not. Um, I'm going to keep saying spot rack. This is what I'm just going to say. Um, they, they have his, but they have the full salary. They don't have it as a split salary and they do count it. So right now I'm counting it for what, over the cap as reported. So that's what I'm going with. So that's the one negative. Then you got some positives. The positives was Akella Witherspoon. He was released. His $4 million salary goes off the books. If you after displacement, meaning that someone else for, at 940000 had to bump into the top 51, that ultimately saved the Steelers $3.06 million. I already talked about the Mitch Trubisky thing, but I didn't give you the value. I have his cap savings if it's what has been reported by outside outlets, but they but the salary cap places don't have this amount in there yet. His savings would be four point six one three 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 four million dollars. So in other words, four million six hundred thirteen thousand three hundred thirty four million. That's how much the Steelers would save from Trubisky. There's no displacement because he didn't move on or off the roster. He was already there. There was two more small savings by the Steelers. They released Tay Crowder 
and they released um oh I'm gonna mess this one up. I always do. Ameke Egbule. Maybe I got that right or not. They were just over the the nine hundred and forty thousand. They were at uh, I think one point one point oh one million. So they each saved uh seventy thousand dollars. So when you put all this together based on what what I had before, I have the Steelers right now with with two exceptions at five point four million dollars to the good when it comes to the salary cap. Five or did I say five point four? Man, I can't even read my own writing. Fifteen point four. Yeah, much better off. Fifteen point four. Yay, fifteen point four. Now the Steelers still need about $16.5 million because they haven't signed their three most expensive draft picks. They're going to need to do the, the 52nd and 53rd roster spot in September. They're going to have to pay their practice squad in September. And they're going to want to roll. I have them want to probably want to roll at least $7 million into the season in September. So like 13.4 of that, they're 13 and a half or right around there. That The Steelers don't need that right now. And they could get that with the T.J. Watt restructure. So they, they have that ace in the hole to do that then. But you don't have to – some people are like, oh, well, then they really only have this. No, they have 15.4 because you don't have to worry about that till September. To hoard it now doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. I, I used an analogy before, probably said on the show, did it in an article. If you're a farmer and you have to – and if you're going to buy – you have to buy something – sell something in the buy sell. I think it was, I said, you have to like buy corn, you know, sell milk and then buy hay. Uh, I'm just making this up. All right. If you have to, if you have to buy one in August, sell one in September and buy one in October, you don't need to make sure that you have enough money that, that you can only buy so much corn because you have to save your money to buy your hay, knowing that you're going to be selling your milk in between then. That's my point is, yes, you know you need to have that money by September, but you don't have to save that now if you know you have another source of income, which is you have some restructures you can do. Uh, I'm sure I'm looking at an article eventually that I'm going to look at, hey, how many players on the Steelers uh, roster that are not in the top 51 are going to make the roster and bump out players that are. You save a little bit of money with that. In all, that might even pay for the 52nd and 53rd guy. It really could, uh, depending on the players that, that make it and don't make it. You don't know until they come up with the roster. But I also said this was minus two things. I still don't have a report on Mason Rudolph's deal. I really wish I had one. It's a one-year deal. I think it could be something. It could be that that four-year a uh, veteran qualifying contract like Terrell Edmonds got last year. It can't be as much as Edmonds because you're allowed to do it with two players. There's a certain amount of money you can use, and, but you can only use it total, either all on one player like they did with Edmonds last year or split it between two. They actually used some of that money on Zach Gentry this year based on the way his contract set up. So they could have offered some of that money to Mason Rudolph. I don't know if they did or not. I don't, I don't know if that's what they did, but if they did, you could be looking at that. I don't know what his deal is. I really wish I knew to know how much that would take it off that 50.4. And then, of course, the Steelers just signed Marcus Golden. Don't know what that deal is yet for that to come off. So minus, so not taking into account Rudolph and Golden, the Steelers are over $15 million right now. And people are like, oh, something's coming, something's coming. I think it's the Alex Highsmith extension. Maybe they go looking for another player. They say something's coming. Well, they just signed Marcus Golden. So... I think this is, is going to be more of um, of an Alex Highsmith 
um, extension, new contract, however you want to say it. Um, but that's that's what I, I think is going to be the the biggest thing that comes there. So just thought I'd give you that update since I did that article today. Whew, make sure you're checking out all of our podcasts here at the Steel Curtain Network. Uh, last night you had Jeremy Betts filling in for Jeffrey Benedict, who was on vacation. You know he was on there along with uh, Shannon White for the curtain call. Then you have what you're talking about coming on coming on after this. Uh, and tonight, of course, the triumphant trio of myself. Jeff Hartman and Brian Davis with the Steelers preview. And hopefully by now you know the whole schedule if you listen to all our shows. And if you don't, make sure you check them out. Make sure you check them out. There might even be that show you're like, you know what, check that out before. That's not really my thing. I'm going to urge you, try it again. Try it again. There might be a show in there that you might not have thought much of the first time. And you might say, oh, wow, this is much different, much better, much, you know, it might have just been one of those things. So we, we really appreciate all your support. Um, here at the Steel Curtain Network. If it wasn't for you listening, we'd just be talking to ourselves. So also make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Yes, that website still exists. And as I always say to finish these up, thanks for geeking out. <laughs>